Hey, welcome to the 1826 podcast. My name is Joe and I'm the leader of the 1826 young adult community here at Faith Chapel. I just want to let you know really quickly, we meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. in our church lobby. I encourage you to check us out on Instagram at 1826FC so you can kind of get a feel for what we're about. Without any further ado, let's dive into the message. I do love Christmas time. Christmas time is my favorite. December is my favorite month. My birthday is in December. It's next week, if you were wondering. Um, Shucks. But my birthday is next week. Christmas is all fun. I love looking at lights. I love family time. I love eating. Hey. I love um, Christmas movies. And I I love gifts. I love getting gifts. If you don't like getting gifts, I I think you're lying. Um, I love it when somebody takes the time to, like, think about me and I get to think about them and we get gifts for each other. It's, it's just a, a fun thing. And I like gifts so much that sometimes I just go out and buy myself some gifts. And um, over the week, there was, you know, a big shopping week last week. So I'd, I'd gotten some things for myself. And um, there was one thing in particular that I was really excited to get. It's one of those things where you buy it and then you just click on the tracking like immediately and see if it has left yet. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, it hadn't, it was, you know, Saturday was the big day. It was going to arrive. Um, I'm tracking it all day long. I'm, I'm waiting at home to, to receive this package, uh, watching the truck travel through El Cajon. And um, it finally arrives. They ring the doorbell. I get the box, rip open the box. I, I'm looking at it. I'm so pumped. And, and then this, this kind of weird feeling sets in that's like, this doesn't really look like the picture. You know, what I thought I was getting, what I was excited for, it doesn't really look like that. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, maybe it's just, you know, how it looks in the packaging. So I ripped open the packaging and I'm like trying it on and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm looking at the, the picture of, of the guy, of the guy model, right? Rocking it. And I'm like, he looks so cool and, and that looks great on him. And then I look like a whale and uh, is so ugly, is so big on me. Like, you know what I mean? And uh, I couldn't get past the thought over the weekend that life sometimes just doesn't look like the picture. And the more I grow and the more I learn, I'm, I'm learning that there are just expectations that don't go quite how we imagine it. Have you, uh, have you ever had a crush on somebody? You remember your first crush in junior high, high school? And you pictured what that relationship was going to look like. You pictured all the amazing dates you guys were going to go on. And you pictured the marriage that you were going to have and how your kids were going to look and all the things, right? And then you got to know that person a little bit more or they never even talked to you. And it just wasn't, it just wasn't what you pictured. Um, I remember my first ever basketball game, my first ever playoff game. I was a freshman. I had made the varsity team. I was, I was pumped, right? And um, all week long, I was imagining what it was going to be like to hit a shot in the game, in the, in the playoff game. And the crowd was going to go crazy, swoosh, nothing but the net. So we're going and, and we're warming up. I'm hitting everything is great. Um, I finally get into the game. They pass me the ball. I shoot it. Ball's in the air. Have you seen that uh, Fresh Prince Bel-Air meme of Carlton where he shoots the ball and it doesn't even hit the backboard? It just, like hits the side of the wall. That was me. It, air ball. It was horrible. It was so embarrassing. It was not how I pictured at all. I think we're going into a a Christmas season right now where there's a lot of traditions that are having to be altered. We're maybe not being able to spend time with 
our typical families, um, they're not able to travel to us or they're at risk, so we can't spend time with them. And that's, that's, it's just not the Christmas that we had pictured. And the reality is, is the picture of our expectations is not what reality always likes to paint. And there's a story I, I told our team a couple weeks ago. I was like, I don't want to do a Christmas series. I don't want to be cheesy like that. So, of course, God's like, no, you're going to read this story. So let's read from Luke 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and to the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. The story of of Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem is a story that you hear every, every December. You go to church, the guy talks about this story, this passage. And last year, there was another Joseph that traveled to Bethlehem. It was me, spoiler. Um, I went to Bethlehem, and it was like the highlight of my trip. I couldn't wait. I was so pumped. It was highlighted on our itinerary. I was so excited. I was excited to see the, the inn, and I was excited to see the manger. I was excited to see the barn, the, the hay, the whole thing. It was going to be amazing, like this awesome photo moment, right? And, and so we're going... And we get on the bus that morning and our tour guide gets on the microphone and, and he says, this day is going to be very underwhelming for you. Very underwhelming. And I just want to make sure that your expectations are not too high because this day is not, it's not going to be what you're thinking it is. And I'm like, whatever, you know, he's just, he's, he's messing with us, whatever. And, and so you, you pull up to the gates of, of Bethlehem and um, some current events for you. Bethlehem is currently run uh, by Muslims. It is currently under Muslim jurisdiction. And so you pull up and there's just men with machine guns like waiting for you. So in this moment, I'm confident I'm going to die. They start to come onto the bus. Uh, if you don't know Muslims and Christians, they like, eh. So, so these guys with machine guns on a bus full of Christians are just coming and searching through our things. And it is really, really intimidating. By the grace of God, we got out, no scratches on our heads, we, and we're going to the birthplace of Jesus. I'm still, like, really scared. And it, it's supposedly in this big church that they've built over. And he's saying, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you're going to wait a really, really long time, and it's going to be really underwhelming. Are you sure you want to do this? Yes, I'm sure. We waited in line for four hours to see the place where Jesus was born. And we finally get to the front of the line, and there's a hole in the ground that you go down into, and it's all stone. And you look around, and everything's stone all around you. Above you, around you, everything, everything is stone. And it's not what I had pictured the manger would look like. I was picturing a little cottage hotel and a little barn and a cute little animals and things of that nature. It was not that. The nativity scene at your grandparents' house, it was not that. I can promise you. And so my faith was kind of, you know, beginning to shake in a little bit. And I I turned to our tour guide and I'm like, where's the manger? And he points at this little box in the ground. 
I was like, I'm expecting a crib. He goes, do you know what a manger is? Do you know what a manger is? A manger is a trough. You're thinking, what's a trough? A trough is something that animals eat out of. How could the savior of the world be born in a barn where animals were kept and then be placed on the literal ground? The only things surrounding him were some stones stacked as Legos. It was insane. It was so common. It it was mind-blowing that everything that we had known about this story, everything that we had pictured up to this point was just totally irrationally false. If you look up what manger means, it means an item that animals eat out of. In the thesaurus, though, manger means the birthplace of Jesus. These are two very wildly different definitions and descriptions of what a manger is, and they're both connected by one person, Jesus. Our lives are two wildly different descriptions, and there's only one person who can make a common manger, a common place, a place of significance and meaning. You, me, all of us, we're mangers. We're nothing better than something that an animal would eat out of. Our lives don't have significance. Our lives don't have value. You're like, this is very discouraging. But when Jesus interjects himself into our path, that's when the uncommon becomes something that can change the absolute world. It wasn't until much later that that message kind of resonated with me and I began to appreciate what Bethlehem was. That we serve a very, very uncommon person who came down into the most common of places and with that created a symbol that we would serve forever. And by the way, the manger is only a commonality to the cross. It was the first stepping stone to what would eventually serve as our salvation. The manger is only significant because Jesus came down to it and made it sacred. I love how we're forced outside tonight. If you would have asked me yesterday morning what tonight was going to look like, it it was not like this. It was not how I pictured it. That night, Mary was holding the king, holding the baby that was supposed to save the world. The angels had told her. That night did not go how she pictured it. That night did not go how she pictured it. And with it, Jesus came down and changed everything. It wasn't like the picture. Jesus has a way of turning common things and common people into extraordinary moments that change humanity forever. There's nothing more common than a box made of stones that animals eat out of. And the story of our Savior really shouldn't seemingly start there in a box but Jesus doesn't need a fancy place to be sacred. He doesn't need a fancy canvas to create beautiful things and beautiful creatures, beautiful pictures. It's God who takes underwhelming moments and makes them unforgettable. I hope that this is a moment where you think about the picture of your life. I want you to pause just for a minute and think about if you were to paint the picture of your life, what would it look like? What is a photo? What is a snapshot of your soul look like right now? Do you like that image? Does that bring you comfort? Does that bring you sadness? Does that bring you joy? I think that's a different answer for everybody, but think about that. What does the picture of your life look like? During this 
year I've pulled, been pulling out um, lots of old photos from, you know, old family vacations and holidays and whatnot. And it's just been a nice time to kind of pause and reflect. And I, I think looking back at old photos is, is important. It reminds you of, of where you've come from. It reminds you of who you were. It reminds you of how you've grown. It makes you feel something when you look back at the past. I look at old yearbook photos and um, I say, what an idiot. Uh, what, are, what were you thinking with that haircut? What were you thinking when you dressed like that? What were you thinking when you were acting like that, right? Um, I hope that is not your reality. I was just a dork. But I think it's so healthy to have photos that remind us of, of things that we've learned along the way. And the photo that you're living in right now isn't what you thought it would be when you were living in the photo of the past. But you have moments along the way. It's important to remember those old photos that remind you of what you've walked away from, who you've left behind, how far you've come. So what pictures are you creating? And what picture is God leading you to create? What do you need to look back on and adjust so that your future can look the way you want it to? What is God leading you to? She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. The last part of that really strikes me because there was no room available for them. Have you ever been on a trip and your parents forgot to make the reservation? Like you spent all day traveling, you get to the hotel and they don't have your reservation, whether it was your parents' fault, whether it was the hotel's fault. Have you ever done that? It's the worst feeling in the world. Joseph and Mary travel for a couple of days. Feet are blistered, tired. She's pregnant, the whole thing. She's thinking, God, why did we have to travel now? I'm about to give birth. This is not ideal for me. And they finally get there late at night. We've lost your reservation. I'm so sorry. We have no room for you. Joseph's thinking, no, 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 no. My wife, I cannot do this. They're thinking, sorry, no, no, no. We go, through, we go through seasons of our personal life where we feel like there's no room for us anywhere. There's not a room for us at the family table. There's no room for us in the house of God. There's no room for us in our friend groups. There's, no, there's just nothing for us. And we wander in the darkness and in the cold and in the winter seasons, and we have no clue. And we're left kind of stranded in the street, that feeling, where we just don't know where to go. That's what's happening in the story. There's no room for them anywhere. And we have these moments to look back on. We have photos to look back on. And it's not what we pictured. But you know what? God has brought me through this and through that and through here and through there. And I know he didn't bring me to a Bethlehem just to bring me this far. I know he's going to provide. There's going to be days where you feel like God has no room for you and you're alone and there's darkness and it's cold and it's, it's just bitter feeling all around your soul. But the reason we hold on to those common photos of life is because they serve as reminders of what God has done. God, I know you're real because when there was seemingly nowhere else to go, you showed up in a way only you can. I know you're real, God, because in the coldness of the night, you provided for me. I know you're real because there was nobody else that was willing to accept me 
And when I turned to you, you were right there. You might have come to group tonight and you're thinking, I'm just a common person. I'm just, I'm just a manger. I'm just, I, I don't feel like I have significance. I don't feel like I'm walking in purpose. I don't, how, how could God ever work through me in the things that I've done? I want to tell you, he's been doing it since the very first day he was born. He's been turning insignificant things and insignificant people into things that we hold on to for hope today, thousands of years later. I guess the big picture is tonight is even though it's not what you thought it was going to be, don't hold God to a standard that he can't use it. Even though it's not what you pictured, even though it's not how you imagined it, let's not hold God to the standard that he still can't move. Whether we're inside, whether we're outside, whether we get to spend Christmas with our family or not, we're just saying, you know what, God? You've brought me here for a purpose. You've brought us to our Bethlehem for a purpose. I can't wait to see what you do with the most common of things. Let's pray. Father, thank you for making common things and common people uncommon. Thank you for making us significant. Thank you for caring about us so deeply that you would come to the place knowing that we would never be able to get to you. God, I pray for your people as they go back into their homes and their families, their workplaces, that you would just remind them that they are so not common that their life has value, deep, meaningful value. We know that, God, if you are for us, nothing can be against us. Nothing can stop us. I pray protection over everyone. Be with them, Father. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. I hope that message encouraged you. I hope it inspired you. I want to let you know that we meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. You're free to join us. We'd love to meet you. We meet on campus at our home church, Faith Chapel San Diego. You can look us up online. You can follow us on Instagram at 1826 for more info. We hope to see you soon.